Okay. We're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blue Abroad Show on Monday, the 26th of June, 2023. We've all had a bye. We've all had a week off. Pommy, I would say one of the most necessary and needed weeks off that I can remember. Yeah, it came a good time for me personally as well. And then uh, I thought I'd cheer myself up and make some videos in the off-season and analysed every Carlton recruit we've ever had. Um, so, yeah, that I'm back to being depressed, ladies and gents. <laughs> it's one of those... It's one of those situations where the buy does good for you because there's no stress. Then you start thinking about Carlton again and it just gives you stress because it's just been so far, so far no good. But there's still, what is it? Nine games left? Is that right? Yeah. Well, I watched your video before we came live and I feel better now, Terry. <laughs> Did I give you some hope? <laughs> mate, that's mate, that's all we need. That's all we need, a bit of hope. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've seen the worst. Unless this really is a repeat of 2021 in in that it just kept getting worse. But the weird part about 2021, and I guess the weird part about the AFL is that as bad as it may seem you're always two to three weeks away from putting yourself back in contention, which is so strange. And I think this year as well, they've been quite, um, they've been quite disappointing. Quite a few teams have underperformed. We're one of them. I think the Swans would say they're one of them. I think Geelong's another one. And there's quite a few. And obviously with us, we just focus on Carlton because you know, it's a Carlton fan channel and, and we only care about what's happening on our end. But, Across the board, there have been some surprise teams towards towards the top, uh, you know, in that top eight. And then there have been some some pretty disappointing teams as well. And, and we just unfortunately find ourselves kind of like at the bottom of the middle of the road teams right now. I, I think what you've seen this season is sides have got better. You've got some guys, some sides that are doing accounting last year and making hay while the sun shines when it's an easiest easier fixture list there's some surprises Geelong um haven't quite hit the gears as they have which has created avenues elsewhere we're now though in the business end of the season this is where the real champions come out so there's going to be a lot more shocks there's going to be a lot more frills and spills and for me it's not about making finals anymore I've already underlined this season as it, it's a poor year that, that this first half of the year these guys should have been up and about and we've just done the averages of the year. They're well below where they're expected. So now for me, it's building some momentum. If you can sneak into finals, great. But in reality, in reality, it's about trying to get something that looks like sustainability for this side. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, for sure. Finals aside, there is an infinite future with the Carlton Football Club, unless the club ceases to exist at some point in time, which who knows, anything's possible. <laughs> anything's possible. But yeah, if it's not this year, then obviously the planning for next year has to start. And really it's just the future. Whatever the future looks like, whether it's for 
the trade slash draft period this year, whether it's for, you know, who's going to line up round one, 2024, whether it's for the next five to seven years, depending on where your mind is at, you know, every game counts towards the future. So um, yeah, I, I don't think there's nothing to play for in that sense. Maybe finals is out of the question. Maybe not. Um, but I'm not, I'm not giving up on the year just, just yet. It's not over just yet. We, let me ask you a question. Do you expect the players to give up on this season? Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! And so what? So why are we? <laughs> oh, how no? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'll fight until it's guaranteed. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And to answer Debbie, I'm not accepting we're not making finals. Like, like one thing I demand. I don't demand much from people, but quote me. If, if you're gonna speak, if you're gonna reply to me, uh, I, I deserve the respect that you use my words correctly. My exact words were: "I already see this season as a failure. I don't think the first half of the season was good enough. So, regardless of what the outcome is, for me, I want not perfect. I want sustainable. And the way we play at the moment, the start of the year, last year was great. The back half was shit. This year, the first half has been shit. Hopefully, the back half is good." I'm trying to build something where we're consistent. I want consistency throughout, something that you can actually put your hat on. So we'll be cheering them hard, dragging them into finals, hopefully. But we've got to start getting serious as a football club. And hopefully this show here, everyone wants to delist and sack people. I've created a little fun game. We should have a theme music for it, but we're going to have a little bit of fun with it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So tonight's going to be a mid-season review of sorts. We'll go through and and get as many comments as we can up on the on the screen. Get you all playing along tonight. We will then talk generally about what's happened. We'll talk about what's to come. We will touch on the Hawks this week. We're back at the MCG on Sunday, and then we saw Kane Corns and David King play a little game called Trade Keep or Delist. So we thought we'd play the same game. And see where everyone sits with that. But ours um, is better. <laughs> but ours is better. <laughs> yeah. So I do have to shout out a very good mate of mine. Um, we play in a fantasy league together. He won last year. I am currently second chasing him. Nah, mate, I'm going to beat you. Good Carlton fan, Ryan. He's a big fan of our channel as well. He's a good man, Ryan. He's a good man. All right. Those of you playing along at home... <laughs> I'm scared to ask the question, but three words to summarize the season so far. Pommy, just an open question. What's it? Yeah, let's just start discussing what's happened so far. I get angry when I think of it. If, when I think of it, it makes me mad. Gritting teeth as well. <laughs> it makes me mad. It really does. It makes me angry. It makes me very angry because I think for the first time in a long time, we got some. We got some luck with health, I think. I don't think we've got a, a, a diminishing or a decimated side like what we've had in years gone by. And that's probably the the biggest disappointment is that we've had who we really need on the park or what we've needed on the park. And just now we're talking about execution and the basics and the fundamentals. And that is just so not what I thought we'd be talking about at this point. Nowhere to hide. Is Nowhere to hide. The, like this time last year, the injuries started mounting up. So I think it was fair to give them a little bit of 
leeway. They'd never been a good side. Um, it, everyone was flying at the start of the preseason. Um, very good win against Collingwood in preseason with progressive football, and then slowly it the rot set in, did it? The the rot set in, and we've heard pressure. Players have mentioned pressure, and I do find that a bizarre thing. You're playing elite sport. Do you know what I mean? Pressure is a prerequisite. You know what I mean? Like, as my pop used to say, when I used to say to my granddad, I remember sat on his lap going, oh, I'm shitting myself about my GTSCs. There are exams at year 11. And he was like, try storming a Nazi machine gun nest, son, taking a bullet in the chest. That's pressure. Um, I always find pressure quite funny. I, I don't quite believe in it. So that's a big thing for the boys. Um, mm. It's weird. The media wrote them off this the week just gone against Gold Coast. Like I, I saw all the articles. Uh, Sam McClough laid the boot in another broken season, and the boys came out fighting, didn't they? And it seems to be a thing with the boys when when no one expects them to do well. And I always think I, I spoke to Terry today. There was a great interview I watched about Andrew with Andrew Murray, the tennis player, and he talked about how he limped to win a Grand Slam. And he said that up until that point, he thought it was destiny he'd always lose. And him losing and f f breaking it told him it wasn't destiny. It reminded him it was in his hands. And I feel like maybe that's what the Blues need. They, they need every club to fuck up and Carlton to finally get their head over the line for them to actually feel like, oh, you know what? This isn't a curse. We can actually enact the future so it's, it's a weird one it's they're a tough side to watch aren't they let's be honest yeah yeah i think if i could do one word i use the word a lot but painful they've been painful to watch for the most part this year <laughs> we got each other though <laughs> yeah i know we always do of course of course and it's it's really the only thing getting you know keeping us somewhat positive like i mean i'm i am an optimist by nature of the fact that if it's possible then it can be done but yeah, this this one's been a really challenging one. And it always is when you have expectations. And I feel like we've almost been, I feel like there's almost been an attempt to make us feel bad for having expectations, which I think is just fascinating rhetoric. Like if you read between the lines of everything that's coming out, it's it's almost like, oh, well, it's, yeah. Well, don't have expectations and you'll enjoy the football. It's like, okay, how's that going to work? Yeah, but losers say that, Terry. That's 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 the scary part, you know? That's the scary part, you know, that that's what I'm sensing. It's like, oh, you know, as long as you don't have expectations, you can't be disappointed. I, I could not stand more against a phrase in my life. Mate, I'm with you. I mean, it's a tough position, isn't it? I mean... It's it, it's hard work doing this. It's hard work. I've got to admit, we might make it look easy, me and Terry. But I, I said to Terry today, we should have a membership tier where you can tap our phone calls, because mine and Terry's phone calls are honestly hilarious. Like it's either us thinking about quitting and pissing off to Marbella, <laughs> or it's us going through the ladder going. There's a fucking chance. To, to me, putting us one and a half games into the eight. 
Yeah, we had this so, little chat, and then I saw Terry upload the video, and I watched it, and it, I'd loved. If you watch the last five minutes of Terry's video, it's probably his best work because he pretends to look shocked. He's got Carlton in finals. Yeah, Got to admire the man. I found a way. I certainly found a way. Yeah. <laughs> Got to admire a man. Are we just going through a, a, a dip in confidence? Is this just what it's going to be and it's going to improve? This is the biggest question. Like, I don't know well, what it is. Honestly, I, I think it's... I, I think the more... This week, I've spent looking at the list and looking at where we've gone wrong. And I, I, I think you can't get past the fact that we have like an average of, what is it, 30.2% wins as a team. Um, yeah. I think that that is a big part of it, that these boys don't know how to win long, sustainable games. I think they're a team that has always been that kind of team. haven't they? Even when we started this rebuild, when the pressure's off, they kick ass. When there's expectation, they let you down. David Teague had it twice. Do you know what I mean? That famous year where we chaired Gibbs off. Everyone kept letting us be in finals and they couldn't quite do it. And then as soon as they lost that game, it was mathematically impossible. Boom, they came back. Um, and, and that's something like Stephen Bradbury. Someone mentioned it earlier, the Stephen Bradbury moment. Spot on. It Something needs to change. And we've just done the ratings video when you've got so many key personnel down, where I think, trying to be real for a minute with you all, I think we, we've always been a football club that's relied on individual brilliance. We don't put quite a focus on the role player. Do you know what I mean? Nick Newman never gets the love he deserves, but in every other club, they have six Nick Newmans who just put out. We've always been a club that's looking for the white hope, the superstar, and I feel like well, that's kind of what you're seeing on the field. It's either Charlie or Bust, it's Walsh or bust. And then you look at like Geelong. Brad Close does his job all the time. Goes unheralded. Saw the AA this week. Loads of people had Gearin there. It's players that you don't actually think of who are always putting out. And I don't think we have them players, if I'm quite honest. I don't think we have them players that you could close your eyes and guarantee they're going to put in a shift every week. I think we have a lot of 10 out of 10s or they'll give you a one out of 10 the next week. And I think a big part of it is our list makeup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel, it definitely feels like from my lens that we constantly seem to be stuck in this loop of past decisions because we keep turning over coach because we keep turning over whether it's list manager, because there's so much turnover of decision makers it's almost like you just can't get ahead for a minute because you keep being strangled by the past decisions that have been made. And like you got to wait for some of these contracts to expire, for example. And then sometimes they expire and then the new coach comes in and he's like, oh, let me see what he's made of. I will keep him. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to break the cycle. I just keep hearing Paul Sebastiani <laughs> say, nuke the joint. <laughs> But I really don't know what what the like. How do we get ahead of this? What seems to be this cycle that we're going through? I I think Gavin and Bugsbell have two of the best comments I've seen in Blue Abroad history, and they both I I would answer Gavs by Bugsbell, and I'd love Bugsbell's feedback on this. Mm. I thought last year Fly was on the couch, and they asked him a question about sustainability of winning games by six 
all the time. And McRae just replied with a wonderful answer of, it, you might not think it's sustainable, but we're currently in the top four. And I thought that was such a wonderful answer that he basically said to the media, you know what, fuck off, this is how we play. Mm. And then Gab's talking about it was a very more controlled game style. That game against Sydney, we were all worried about it, that it was so, so retentive. And Bugsball makes a great point. Last year, there was six times. A great example is just after the bye, our first game after the bye, Voss was asked in the press conference, is this a concern that you've only got one avenue to goal? And Voss quickly defended and said, we're adding layers and this isn't the end product. But then at the end of the year said, we're going to own our brands. And we obviously didn't. And I think we are a very reactive side to the media. I think if Voss is honest, it's interesting this week, just gone. We went back to the old way of just kicking ass in the... And it was interesting because Gold Coast were one of the top three sides in the comp around that. And Carlton destroyed them at their own game. They went back to basics. And we've been saying it a lot, and I'd love to know what chat's thoughts are. But when you look at us, we don't have great ball users down the back. Do you know what I mean? We have great attacking players down the back, but they're not players that I think could do a Shannon Hearn and kick you to death. I think Mm. they're very rambustous players. Our midfield, they're all rombusters players. They're all just smash-bash players. And I think if you're building a tactic for Carlton Football Club, it is kicking ass in the corridor. It's kicking ass in stoppage. And I don't think many clubs can go up against us. And I feel like it's almost like, you know, when your auntie has a few wines and she tries your niece's makeup on and she starts to be mutton dressed as lamb. I feel like Carlton are always trying to be another club. Yeah. Always trying to be another club. It's like we're trying to be Richmond 17. Oh, shit, Collingwood have been fast through the corridor. Oh, shit, teams are controlling the ball. I think I'd love Voss to actually spend the rest of this year and go, you know what, we are a boring side. We are going to win the contested ball. We're going to hurt you through the middle. Because I feel no side in the league, quite honestly, can compete with us in that brand. They can beat us around that area as last year showed, but I think that should be the core crux of what we do. Stoppage, centre clearances, that's what we do. That's our brand. And I would love Voss to say, you know what, Sam McClure? You know what, David King? Fuck you. I'm paid six figures to be in this seat. You're in there to fucking talk shit. This is what we do. We're Carlton Football Club. We play a heavy, contested brand and we fucking love it. And I look at coaches like Jose Mourinho when he was asked at Man United, Oh, it's a very boring, negative game style. And he used to, he, he, I remember him replying to the journalist saying, do you want me to win 1-0 and deliver you the title or do you want to lose 4-3? And I was like, spot on, play your way. Play your way and own it. And I feel like we're now playing to everyone else's strengths, not our own. Yeah. But then you hear, then you hear the Adam Saad interview at halftime against the Gold Coast. And he said that the most, <laughs> he said some things in there that I'm like, okay, well, where's that been from the beginning? And he just said, we well, just keep it simple, get the ball moving forward. Sorry, win it at the contest, get the ball moving forward at all costs. And I was like, well, when did we go away from that? And and why do we steer so far away from that? Do you think maybe there was an attempt to be proactive and an attempt to keep up with modern trends? And is this just really us preparing for the future and it's all going to even itself out? 
I can answer it with this, and I think Eddie's nailed it. You look at Carlton's most disappointing losses this year. It's again mm. being against teams that their strength isn't in the contest. Gold Coast are us last year. They literally, before they played us, they ranked third from scores from stoppages and fourth from scores from centre clearance. And everyone was saying Carlton are in a world of hurt against this side. Every game I've watched this year, I think the biggest change Voss has made is to negate the opposition. Right. So great example, Sydney, that preseason game, Voss said it was a plan for Richmond to take mm. away their running counter-attack football and it worked. But then round two, they got lucky. They've always tried to negate sides and then sides have just had really good games. St Kilda, they were just exceptional outside of the ball and Carlton couldn't keep up with them and they got ascendancy in our strength. I think it's actually happened by accident. Carlton had to be contested because if they didn't, Gold Coast would hurt us. And suddenly, by accident, it worked. All the players, and you saw it, the first quarter was shit. Let's let's not give the boys too much praise. Yeah. Because that first quarter was atrocious. But there comes a point they had to do it. Now, this week against Hawthorne, it's going to be interesting. Young legs, they're getting tired. I feared this would happen for Hawthorne. This is a game, really, Carlton should be looking at the Eagles game as a benchmark and say, we're going to punish them. Gold Coast got 40 ahead. Hawthorne drops. It's tough being young. We should be thinking, we've got Crips, we've got Walsh, we've got Kennedy. We're going to fucking beat them up. We're going to make them regret that Tasmania game three years ago. But will they? Do they have that in them? And that's the big question. But I would love it. Bugs Bell nails it and Gavin. I would love it if we just said, this is our game plan. Fuck it. This is our yeah. game plan. Fuck it. This is what we do. And if people don't like it, go and watch another team. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I wonder what the break, I wonder what pro, what programs were in place for them during the break. Like obviously getting away from football and disconnecting is, is was probably high on the agenda. I'm so curious to see how, you know, what it looks like after the break. Bit of a circuit breaker in the routine playing what it was at 14 or 15 straight games before the buy which is quite rare usually the buyers come a little earlier for most sides um but what we still are yet to see collectively which i think we all thought was last year is um it's kind of like from from the way i watch it it's kind of like they're still their young they're still draftees in their heads they're still those young players all of them Charlie, Harry, like they still show signs of their their younger days and the way that they play sometimes. And they still play like boys. And I don't know how to explain this other than they don't play like men just yet. They don't play like they've been students of the game that are ready to graduate into the into that adulthood of of being footballers just yet. And I think that somewhere there is is where my my biggest frustration comes from. They just they haven't evolved yet and truly taken full accountability. And that's why that is one of the core reasons why I have, and, and will continue to say, don't give them the out of sacking the coach and giving them that sugar hit. Now let them work through it. So, you know, until they evolve, nothing will change. I I, I look at, you see, that's, that's what scares me though. Cause a lot of these players are like 26, 27. Do you know what I mean? I They're know. coming up to that the peak of their careers. Like if, if this was Ollie Hollands shitting himself, I'd be like, okay, he's a baby. Yeah. But 
But I also think when I listen to Hawthorne, they got battered at the weekend to Gold Coast. Gold Coast played them off the park. And Mitchell's saving and talking about dynasties. And then I go back to like 2017, 2016. Even our coaches, our whole wording of the group was, it's okay, it'll get better tomorrow. Where Hawthorne are saying, nah, this isn't fucking acceptable. Don't care, we're 12 games into a rebuild. We're a dynasty side. We're playing for dynasties. We're playing for something bigger than this. So that pressure is always there for them young players. They're, they're not going out of Gold Coast going, it's all right, we're young. But it's all right, Mitchell's told us in three years it won't happen again. He's telling them, you've got to work now, or in three years, you will get battered. Right? The pressure's coming, and you're going to have to get ready now. So I feel like since Cook's come, it's changed, hasn't it? It's like we now do talk about finals where we don't, and now we're criticising them for talking about finals too much. It's a bizarre place, and uh, yeah, Bugs, Bell, and Gav, I think you've nailed it. It, it feels like we, we just react to whatever's needed to be said. Like, yeah, in the moment. just be who you are. Like, like, I think I speak for everyone. If we win every game by six points, I couldn't give a fuck if it's ugly. Yeah, if we... Li- okay, if we limp to finals and we get there by half a game, are you happy? I'll be happy if we play finals, but like I say, I stand by. I'll be mm. very disappointed in the application of how we've got here. Yeah, fair. Fair. Chat, I'm curious. If, it's a big if, because it's highly unlikely. If they limp into finals and get there by, let's just say it's half a game and they get there and it's been this emotional roller coaster of just frustration mixed with a little bit of joy, obviously, if they were to make it, would you take it? Or have they already done the damage and uh, they lost six in a row, they lost eight of nine and nah, fuck it. I made the call at round fifth, round 16 or round 15 that it was unacceptable. I'm curious. How would you how would you you see it? Because I think we we try and make conclusions as early as we possibly can. Yeah, I, I hate to be that guy though. And I, I think I've been consistent throughout my time with you, Terry, that I'm not here to play finals though. Of I'm course. here to win flags. Like like, like finals is just the stepping stone of flags. And what worries me is it's two seasons in a row. Great start, shit end. If we do make finals, that would say shit start, great end. But that means that we're going to be like West Western Bulldogs to win a flag. We're going to have mm. to hope it all mirrors up in September. Yeah, it all just but falls into place. I want what Geelong have. I want what... Melbourne had when they won it, when Richmond won their dynasties, where you actually saw a sustained metric to not just win and get into finals, but then win the win the win the fucking thing. I mm. think it's that consistency I'm looking for. And at the moment, it does feel like as soon as you take the pressure off, these boys play football. Yeah. You can just see it get themselves into a situation. Win a, win a couple in a row, then be half a game or one game out of the eight. And then, yeah, let's look. So far, this has felt a lot like 2021 so far. But, you know, just because it's felt that way this, you know, up until this point doesn't mean it necessarily means it's going to continue. But, I mean, for the fans, for themselves, for everybody, <laughs> is this really it? 
Like, is this it? We're just going to keep watching this. Like, is it really what it's going to be? Is there going to be a turning point <laughs> with this group? You know, is the penny drop coming? I feel like we've been asking the question for four years, Pom. We've been here before. I've, I mean, we should be used to it. Uh, I mean... I know. I always think of my good, our, our good friend Petra, um, who was adamant end of last season that I need to get ready for one more pain. And uh, he said it works in threes. And do you know what I mean? That's quite culturally important, the power of threes in my culture. So mm. is this it? Is this the third? Like... Does that mean that next year will be better? But I mean, at the end of the day, it needs to be addressed. And this is this show is going to be a good show because I believe that we've got the perfect opportunity to add some class and start a micro reset, which I think we need to do either way. And that's outside of the coaching. Right. So should we get into it? Because there's quite a few names to get through here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, this will be let's fun. Let's play. Okay. Do, 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 Guys, do, 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 do. we're going to play a game. You're all going to be involved in this. It's just going to open up the discussion. Kane Corns, David King did a little trade, keep, delist. I'm mindful of doing this now before the end of the season, but also it's a conversation. So this is why we love it. Um, this th Some of these results may change between now and the end of the year, but there's quite... And this is where my thinking about whether we make finals or not being irrelevant and it's more about the future the reason why i say that is because there are a number of uncontracted players so if they want to keep playing at this club it's pretty straightforward collectively they need to perform so if the majority of the list that we're about to bring up now don't perform there's a case to be made that they don't they don't need to be part of our future so it's more than just making finals in 2023 it's about Who's staying along for the ride? Who's going to earn themselves the right to stay along from the, for the ride? And that's kind of why we did the play ratings for the mid-season because we're seeing a lot of the players you're about to see, they are below AFL average for their position. So they're going to need to do something in the next nine games to suggest that they're worthy of a contract. So we'll go one by one. We'll put a little poll. Just write a comment in the chat. Uh, one by one right now. Trade, keep, or delist. Is that right, Pom? Just those three? It is, yeah. So we've I, I've tried to simplify it for you. So we're going to be doing this. This is probably going to be, this is a prelude. You usually see me and Terry do this in September. I can't believe year fucking three, June. We're talking about <laughs> Right, let's do it. And I'll, we'll see one, and then I can explain what you'll see on your screen. Okay, so we'll start we'll start on a high and then just throw everyone into the, <laughs> the depths of hell. <laughs> All right, Brody Kemp. So right, explain so to me what seeing, we're looking at. So what you're seeing is I've tried to make this a little bit see, easier because you've got non-contracted free agent and even the media, David King fucked this up the other day. I couldn't stop laughing, right? But outcome needed. So what I've tried to do is just tell you, instead of giving you the contract status how it looks if he leaves. So the only way he can leave is be traded. He could be delisted, obviously, but to leave the door, it would be. Now, I've got draftable. draftable. So that is how hard it is to find someone at the cost sold to replace it. So genuinely an intercept defender in your first year, 
is very hard to find. Now, the currency, based on AFL, dependent on the contract, could be anywhere from a late first, very late first, early second. It'll have it, it depends how many games he plays. So this is going to be an interesting one. The way he's going, you could be looking at a pick 16 to 28 for a player of Kemp's ability. I would say keep. Right. So outcome needed if he was to leave would be a trade. Draftable is can you find a kid currently or in the in the current draft coming in up that can draft, replace yeah. him? Okay. And then currency, what's he worth? Well, I think don't want to sp- I want to speak for on behalf of any everyone, but I mean it's a keep. It's a keep. I don't want to get too carried away with him because I think he's had a nice patch to 2023. And I'm kind of mindful of not doing this again with a player like Brody Kemp, who's young. Got good attributes, strong, athletic, and I'm mindful of not overhyping him. Like, yes, he's been solid, but I also don't want to say, all right, give him a four-year deal or a five-year deal. So I just think he's been he's been nice and well done, but more to come. Next job in Lewis, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're keeping him. Chinkotta <laughs> is next. So run me through Chinkotta and what the situation looks like. Yep. So again, if Chinkotta was to leave, um, he is a, a non-contracted free agent. So what that means is think Adam Saad. Um, he, he technically could go anywhere, but you've got to trade him. Or okay. he goes through the draft. Um, is he... Can you find someone who do it? Now, he's fair. Even though there's a few halfbacks in that price, people are forgetting his age and his experience and his story and his maturity level. So that's really hard. Also, the price, Bugs Bell cheap. So keep, yep, spot on. Um, So very easy to do. So I I think this is a no-brainer because with the currency involved, you're probably not going to be able to find a replacement. Yeah, I I like... The idea of guys, this is like Ed Kerno seven years ago. It's like a guy that's had to do it the hard way. I love the idea of guys on the list who have that story because they, they're grateful and you, you see it in the way that they play. So, yeah. If you're going to keep him, though, for me, it's like just put him on another one-year deal. Don't don't just over overpay, give him two, three years. Just get him on a one-year deal. What, what do you think? I don't like long-term contracts. Just a caveat. Mm. I'm with you, Terry. I would love to... I think for the player, one, two-year deals are good for them because the landscape changes quickly. So Mm. TDK will come on to him, but if I was TDK's agent, I would say two-year deal because Mm. you've probably hit your straps. Fuck 800K on another six years. This could be a million for six years. Do you know what I mean? If you hit your straps. Right. So I am I'm a big believer of one to two year deals because it's better for the player and the club. And the club. So I think it works both mm. ways. So yeah, I, I like right. I like him. I I, I think Chincotta is we need Rambo's right. We need more Chincotters. Yes. Go back to the ratings video. He was bang on workhorse. We need mm. more low floor, high floor players, low ceiling. High flaws. We've got A stars. We haven't got B yeah. graders. It were good. It's a good call. Good call. All right. Let's have a look. Caleb Marchbank. So we would need to facilitate a trade. It's hard to find a kid right now in the draft that can do what Caleb Marchbank can. 
And what he's worth right now is potentially a third or a fourth. He is one of many on the list who have just been, um, who have suffered the fate of just injuries. And he's had some shocking ones, Caleb Marchbank, some of the worst on the list. Yeah. So, I mean, the big thing about Marchbank is it's hard to yes. replicate it, but that's just on potential. You've got to think okay. of it this way. When you're doing list management, I and this is where Cowton have gone wrong in the sauce years, they're thinking best-case scenario. I like to make all my purchases worst-case scenario. So what okay. do I know? March Bank sees grass, shits himself. All right? And that's not being harsh on him. That's what happens. He's already injured again. I would rather take the third and fourth to the draft so third and fourth, let's look at taller defenders with intercept capabilities down there. There's a couple, actually. So do you know what I mean? There's James Leake, Oscar Ryan. I would rather have them on the list as an 18-year-old boy for a year than put any more time into it. So if someone said fourth rounder to me and they're willing to take the risk, why are we taking the risk when we could get a kid in, do it right? Do it right. Like, no more best-case scenario, more real-life scenario. Okay. What if it was a rookie-type situation, rookie deal, where the what you were actually paying for him was a lot less than the average player? Why? I'd, hmm. Because because if you're in you're that... Still, yeah. Fourth rounder, you're looking at a contract of 175k, maybe 75k, dependent on what the child, what the kid's asking for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So based on that, I'd rather pay 100k for an Angus Hasty who is averaging six intercept marks, but his kicking's atrocious, and back the system in for a year that he could work with some good players. We work on him, and then he's fit. He's never had an injury. As yeah. opposed to giving 200, whatever, 130, 150, 170, because he might be good. Like, at his age, Marchbank should be AA. It shouldn't be, fuck, I hope he can play against Werribee on Saturday night. True. True. I think I do sit in the camp of uh, no room for sentiment for these types. He's just creeping you into that. Brother. I feel like he's just creeping into that window of, of like, I mean, he's, he's he's 26 right now. He's 27 in December. So he'll start next year as a 27-year-old. Nice little age bracket for experience. But unfortunately, just one of those guys who just, not his fault for the most part. I think it's not his fault. And it, it's, it's just a tough situation. So an interesting one there. Next up, Dave. Dave Cunningham. The tease. The great tease. One touch player showed a bit against the Suns. I mean, albeit it was his first game back. Right. So, talk me through Dave Cunningham's situation, Pom. So, when you look at their uh, currency, what you'll see here is just statistically someone that some teams will take punts late. So, at this stage, a fourth rounder in this draft is going to be quite deep. It's going to be quite fairly down there because there's a lot. A lot of players tied up. So it's be an interesting one. Some clubs can afford to take a risk. We did it a lot when we were rebuilding, took a risk on injured players to bring them in 
in back-ended deals. So when you look at the ability to buy him, he's hard to Gary Brown will agree with me here, very hard to replicate. So even though he plays a position that just about every man and his dog is, it's tough in the numbers we're talking of what his trade value is with the risk associated to find anyone that good. So with Connors, then maybe uh, this is the kind of guy you'd rookie, I'd say, in a position mm. that there isn't a lot of players in that area of the draft, as opposed to Marchbank, where you do see them project thirds. You don't often see a player that has a high ceiling coming from this point. True. Yeah, I think if you're going to keep any of them, these Marchbanks, these Martins, these Cunninghams, they, you know, I, I don't think you can get rid of absolutely all of them. Cunningham would probably be the one that I'd stick with. But yeah, for a year. He'd have tough. to... I, I agree with Gav as well. It would have to be every game this year. like Right. Like, like, do you know what I mean? But again, always remember... If you go back and watch my trade video on Pominoz, I told you how hard it is to get picks this mm. year. We've got three picks. You want to delist 12 players. The AFL don't just give you picks, right? So Carlton are going to have to accrue them picks from somewhere by trading currency out. Future next year will be tied up with the brothers, the Camparelli brothers. So there's an option to just trade a future first. That brings you some in, but you, you can't just go crazy. So this is a position that I think is a huge hole in our list. So uh -huh. I'd be happy for Connors to stay for a year based if he can prove his fitness. Okay. Dom McQuay. A couple of years on the list now. Is he out of contract this year? He is indeed. So Dom, non-free agent. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, this one, because you're talking... Five plus is nothing. That means it's probably untradeable. It's probably a D-list drop. So that's a tough one. But again, ten a penny, these type of players, project players, when you're talking coming from this area, it's literally just about every player is a Dom in that fifth round. Everyone is. It's, you know, might have some strengths, but you're going to be building it slowly, truly, and trying to do it. So it's always interesting because people talk about Carlton's development staff. If you look at, go back and watch that video I did, look at our mid-picks and look at the history of injuries all of them mid-picks had. Sauce loved taking a guy that was meant to be top 15 that fell to 40. So that goes against you. Dom has massively improved, but I, I think he's coming from far too far back. Mm. And the powers that be, Cookie, we've got Sorrento. I mean, Sorrento's one of our areas. Sorrento's one of our areas. Like, what's Sorrento known for? Like, it's known for old people. Like, and we're hoping a pensioner can fucking play football <laughs> in Sorrento. Old people in Vanilla Slice. <laughs> Like, so I, I just can't see it. You, you won't be able to, I mean, they've amended the rookie deal so he could go on the rookie list one more time um, mm -hmm. as a cap B. But if that was the case, he would need to really crank in close to playing next year. But I okay. love Dom. But I think this is a Luke Parks. If we're going to keep him around to see if he's got any good, 
play him as a defender, as a VFL contracted player and dangle the carrot mid-season and say, we'll pick you back up. You've got six months. Right. I'm going to write down the ones that we trade slash to list until this point and just compare at the end. Do this tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Ed Kerno. So he's currently seeing out the end of his one-year deal. So... So we've put contract there to clear it up. So this is another one that confuses them. This confused Sam McClure the other day. Unrestricted agent. So basically an unrestricted agent, you just pay them money. Um, that's it. It's ba this is a proper contract. So it's just the price of the contract. Is it easy to draft someone like that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so currency, no one will buy him. Um, so really, we're... Ed Kerner will be next year. He should be here this year. He should just be the state knives of our list, just round there having a good crack. So, yeah, I think okay. this is a no-brainer. If you if you're keeping him, um, yeah, we're 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 fucked. Hudson O'Keefe. So he was the was he the mid-season uh, or the rookie? He was the pre-season one. So when we had the injury to Zach Williams, this is Zach Williams, uh, a seven-foot. Rockman. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Pom. Very good. Can, can you see 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 how much our list management kills me? It's it's made me cynical. The passive aggressive. Very good. <laughs> yeah. So he, he only took um he only took interesting and a nine month deal, but it was a year deal. So he will be out. Um, the, we we would have to trade him or delist him. Uh. Fourth to fifth. Now, I've put fair to hard there. This year, um, if you did watch my video again, um, I did find you a couple of tasty Ruckman um, who are in the key area for young Ruckman. So this is a tough one. This is a tough one, this, because Carlton have obviously put a lot of time into him. Um, it'd be an interesting one because I think teams would maybe throw a fifth or a fourth at him just because there's been a year of development. and. Outside of the first 40, there's two rooks in that. Outside of that, none of the rooks are any cop. You ain't going to get any Nick Maddens in this draft or anything like that. So there's is not it, really many projects either in it. So Is it too, is it too short-sighted for me to say, can we replace someone like Hudson O'Keefe with uh, an experienced body in the league? I, I don't know the name. I should probably have a name. Uh, like a Ruckman who's not playing regular football, who's on a list that we bring in so that way if Tom and or Pito can't play because we know we like to play both of them, that third guy who's not the best Ruckman but can actually play a game. So I don't think Hudson can play a game this year. He's not ready. I think Murphy's He's about two, three years away in all honesty. About two yeah. years, I'd say. Um, Ruckman age like dogs. They're the dogs of the AFL. Right. So like one draft year for a normal footballer is like, two three to them you you've got to slow burn it especially where okay. he's coming from he was highly touted um he's only a baby very 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 young so you may as well just keep the kid okay. for another year give him another year and see how it goes they obviously saw something in him there was a lot of teams who showed interest in this guy and mm -hmm. that's why Carlton jumps because i have it on very good authority a team did say to him, dependent on how you go on the VFL, we'll take you in the mid-season draft. So that's why Carlton, that's why I was passive-aggressive. Okay. They bit there. All right. I might keep him. Jack Silvani. Oof. 
big conversation. So what's the situation? We'd need to have a contract. We need to match him to keep him. It's easy to find a Jack it's easier to find a Jack Silvani type in the draft coming up. And right now he's worth probably a third or a fourth. Yeah, so he will be rated higher than probably his output because of his experience. So experience comes at a premium in the AFL. Um, is he easy to find? Um, for his output, yeah, very easy. So Jack Silvani, currently a restricted free agent. So if a team offers him money, Carlton are going to have to match it. So our contract renegotiations are really now affected by opposition. Um, right. So if St. Kilda, the massive talk, I was reading St. Kilda's forums today, is they're going to throw 350 400 because they're going to do some salary cap dumps. Um, that's a big thing. So when you're a, when you're in his position as a restricted free it's it's a big risk but like let's say if Nate Caddy is 10 times better than Jack Silvani will ever be who's Nate Caddy so Nate Caddy is probably the best player who plays a similar role a Jack right and that role is a big thing he's a, definitely a squad player but i would say this about Jack when everyone gets upset about Jack right look at his age Firstly, look at his age, right? He is 26 next year, right? It's obvious he's not in Voss. It's obvious he's not in Voss's best 22. So you want to just keep him around to be the second, not, not play. Like, have a bit of respect for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't see Jack wanting to do that. And I And let's be honest, being second cab off the rank, that's a kid's job. That's a kid's job. So if that is a player like, you know, an Ashton from South Australia, if that's a player like, I don't know, someone like Will McCabe, someone like that comes in to do the job, Logan Morris in the juniors, it's a more logical thing. Yeah, it's such a, it, it's, if you're looking at it objectively, it's not a big call. It's output, whatever. I don't know where I sit on this yet. The my, my brain says we can't be matching an offer like that if it was to come. But my heart says you need a bit of spirit and maybe I'm getting sucked into the sentiment a little bit. I really thought Jack would have a breakout year this year. I'm really torn. I don't know. He has no defined oh, role at Carlton. So, I mean, yeah, I, know. I, I, I know. don't mean to sound harsh, but if he no, was called... No, of course. If he, if he was called Jack... Sanders, everyone in chat would have said trade. Fair. Fair. Mm. But he's wearing the number one pom. You know, with the long sleeves on him, put him in different... That's great. <laughs> mate. That's great. That's great. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. it it's, it's time to... It's really... It's about winning now. I, I really do understand it. It's about winning and enough of the of the sentiment. He's and always going to have... So funny, and you know yeah. what? Fuck, he'll go to St. Kilda, be with his pop in a system that honours role players because they've got some really talented smalls. And you know what? He'll have the fucking time of his life. It's the kind of hard call that you feel like the club might need to make. So we'll see. Lockie Fogarty. 
can find a dime. What's that? What's that phrase you use? Find these. Find these blokes a dime a dozen. Well, I mean, in this draft as well, small forwards, half forwards, the ten a penny. This is like Carlton have been kissed on the proverbial in between the legs with the draft this year if they can accrue some picks, because just about every man and his dog is a position that Carlton need. Fog, interesting. There's an argument here with the experience. He's the way he plays in the VFL shows you why you'd probably have him. If you were a young list like a Hawthorne, you wanted standards. This guy sets standards in the VFL. It keeps them honest. And if your young players get better than Fogg, you're doing well. Shows how bad our small forwards are in that he's suddenly broken into the side when I don't even think Voss knew who he was. I mean, I'd imagine Fogg kept coming up to Voss in the morning going, morning, Vossy. And Voss is like, who the fuck's that kid? Nick Austin's like, oh, it's Lachlan Fogger. He's been on our list five years. So, um, ten a penny. But again, the value on this guy. So Lockie Fogarty, he's a restricted free agent like Jack. So if there's an offer, there is. That would I would indicate no one's going to pay for him. So Cowton probably here aren't going to have any risks. Mm. Uh, the AFL is very names get games, and no one's heard of Fogarty. So you I, can I probably get been, him on the cheap. Yeah, I, not opposed to him being on the list for depth. It's different to Jack Silvani because you know there will probably be a team or two that will come knocking for him. Whereas I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Lockie. Um, but yeah. Okay. Chat are saying, let's have a look. I think, ooh, yeah, I th think the majority have said keep for one year. Okay, so I won't put him on the list. Josh Honey. Next. <laughs> No, um, let me look at his age. How old is he? How, how actually? He's 21. He's a wow, baby. Okay. He's a baby. I'm harsh on Josh. I am I am certainly harsh on Josh. He, same reasons as wow, Jack. He's only 21. Yeah. Same reasons as Jack Silvani, though, for me. Like, if we're cutting Jack, we have to cut Josh. So, not a true small forward. He plays that hybrid role, which yep. Boss wants. We can see why he prefers Martin. You've only got to watch Martin play half fit versus these two to see why Martin does it. Um, in the reserves, he's poor. Um, and when you're fourth and fifth, like th that's best case scenario as well. That's someone hoping, which I don't think it will. I think it could be even... I, I don't think anyone would come in for him. But he's not going to play. In an ideal world, Josh Honey, mm. if everyone's fit, ain't playing. So go out and get a proper pocket forward, like a Sean Manor from Werribee, who's one of the senior, who's broken in at a very young age at Werribee, right? He, he's got he's got something about him, so you can you can just like lean on him a little bit and yeah, hide I, him in the reserves. I'm just not seeing the intensity. And the application from him that I would I would have expected from a a young guy who's got youth on his side and the athletic profile that Josh does, you know, I just I just at times feel like he it, it might just be the makeup of the way he moves. It sometimes look looks a little bit laconic, looks a little bit like he's not trying. But it might just be like Tracy McGrady had it as well. He had like the droopy eye, the slow yeah. look, but he was a killer. And but I just don't see enough urgency and and i think that the comment you make around well 
there's a kid in the draft that can give us the same output as what we're getting from from someone like Josh Honey right now, that tempts me to say, all right, maybe maybe not. But it all does does depend. Maybe the age factor will work in his will work for him. So the big thing with him is like I remember us doing the draft profile and saying that he was a rookie and your rookie success rate is low, right? Right. But chills nails it. Like Ronk, like worst case, Ronk, Cahill. True. True. Right? Bring them because you know that they're probably about the level. But what I'm seeing from Josh is why I picked him as a rookie pick. It flashes, he has it. I was hoping at that stage, AFL contract, he's around a system. There's a hunger. And as much as I love Josh, I've been a big advocate, a big fan of him. It feels like something's died in him. And I don't know if that's the if he's either realizes he's not the AFL elite level, because Voss has given him the bone. And sometimes I don't think Voss should have given him the bone. So mm. it's an interesting one. Yeah. Fair. All right. I'm going to put him on the list as well. Lucky Plowman. On the list. Yes. Lucky Plowman. Uh, we would. So he's a restricted free agent. So if a club came knocking and said, hey, we're offering Lockie a two-year deal, we would have to match it to keep him. You're a fair chance of finding a kid in the draft that can play his role, and he's worth anywhere between a third to a fifth. I feel like I know where the chat will go with this one. <laughs> it's an interesting one because I was actually playing golf with a list manager weekend just gone, and yeah. this guy's name got brought up, so I won't tell you what club he is because he'll get into trouble, but his name got brought up, and it was interesting. We are chatting uh, about Plowman, and he was like, if your team is going through a rebuild, he was like, you would be looking for a lockdown to maybe pull a lockdown later in the draft because there's a few pure lockdowns. And he was like, I wouldn't be surprised, he said, if someone throws you a token fourth, token fifth. Do you know what I mean? Just to get the deal done. We know Nick Austin likes them deals as well, where mm -hmm. he'll just get rid of the player. So I actually think that's an interesting proposition because in my video, I said he was a fourth. I managed to snag a fourth with the experience. And there is quite a few interesting players that if Carlton wanted to go down that avenue, because I feel like they've got the depth there now, which we didn't do two or three years ago. Right. Okay. Uh, I think Boat the majority... <laughs> no. Okay, <laughs> now. All right. McGovern. McGovern. So we would need to trade him. It's hard to find a McGovern in the draft currently. Fair. And his currency is a first to a third. Now, there's an asterisk next to that first. So what's that for? Okay. So this is, again, from a conversation um, in golf. We were talking about this. And obviously, the projected contract is anywhere from 600 to 800. They've released it today. I think it was 750. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Someone in chat, um, Herald released the top 50 players in the league paid. But 750. Now, if you look at the draft and you got a first and Carlton could get two, two firsts out of this deal, they have their own first and they bring in another one. Let's just say if Carlton said, you know what, two years, they sign in for two years and we pay six, 500 of it with 200K going to a kid who's good in the first round. So someone like a Daniel Curtin, let's say, who's a very top defender. Cowton may manage to sneak a first by saying, well, we've already planned to have this on here. Let's mm. do it. 
if he stays on a reduced pay, though, which there is rumours going round, if that can get down to a 300, 350, that could be huge. Obviously, there That's is some rumours going around he's re-signed. There was rumours that Kemp has re-signed. We still haven't seen it. Be interesting, though, because this is like the TDK deal. What do you get back? You've got to try and negate what you're getting back versus keeping him on the list and what that could kill you. So, interesting thing, because very good player, and if he stays fit, but very expensive to keep. If if it's 600k and you get a first for two years, I would probably be inclined to do it that way. Interesting. I I, I lean towards keep if it was a reduced salary. I think he's been one of the most underperformed contracts that I've seen this club do since I've been watching the game. That's just what it is objectively, what we've gotten out from him from what we what we invested in. It just hasn't happened, unfortunately, for whatever reason. And I think he always finds himself playing below the the you know the external expectation because of that 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 price tag. So maybe if it was the other way around and you know there's a bit of a discount there, I think I think, you know, it would change the way we watch him. Because I do think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. For me, if you're talking very low, very low contract, like I would be looking at 300, 350, like squad player after what we've paid for him. Yeah. But can we do that? There is massive talk. Port are looking at him. There is massive talk that even the Eagles have been looking at him, which I can't quite see, but I wouldn't be surprised with the Eagles. They do buy into the pair brothers but but part they have been looking at him and that has been all over south australian radio and that could be an intriguing deal that could be because Mm. they don't mind these salary caps and they've got a bit of salary cap to burn if you look at it so i don't mind it because if we can get two first with our future first you could totally rejig this list in a very deep draft for squad players squad Mm. players that's for this draft is a big with role players, not top end talent, role right. players. And it's probably about 40. It's probably the I'm, deepest draft I've seen. I'm mindful that we've already traded or delisted six. So to put him in, in I mean, if it, if we're going to be getting a first round pick and, and, and doing a deal like that, I understand that, but hmm, he's an interesting one. So the chat, uh, where are we? Where are we? It's very split. Trade, trade, trade. Couple of keeps. Oh, all right. I'll put him here. Make oven. What have you chosen, list manager Taz? I would keep him personally, but I'm just you know going through the comments. Keep in mind, if he's we've less got, than a second. If he's less than a second, keep him. Yeah, because if, if you gave me a second, I'd drive him there. Mate, if you give me anything close to a first, then yeah. Also, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know him well, but like he would want to repay him. the faith. No, as in he would want to repay the faith. Surely he's a man of honor and integrity. <laughs> from the, from that beer we had together, yeah. me and Mitch, I can tell you he, 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 he claimed he loved the club. So if he does stay at less but... 
Like, I'm just thinking this draft, if you went into it with three first, which you could do if you did pay a little bit off that deal, with your future first up for drag. drag. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, you could be walking out of there with someone, something banter, like something really strong. I can see myself loving to hate him if he were to leave and go to Adelaide and just sell out and go play at home. That's but you look at it this way. If he got, let, let's just say he lines up round one for Port, goes up for a mark and heaven forbid does his ACL, you'd smile. Like Carlton have had some success in recent times with trading a player that is temperamental. Yaron, he never played a game for mm -hmm. Richmond. True. So it, it depends what the club do. Mm. Okay. That's Mitch. I'm going to put him here. Nick Newman. We would need to facilitate a trade. You're a fair chance of finding a kid that can do what he can. And his currency right now will be a third to fourth. No, I'm pretty... No, I have no... Personally, I have no intention of seeing him go. It's This one's a tough because having a fair chance isn't good enough to get rid of a squad player, I think. Yeah. And If you're talking where I think he would go, I think it would be an early fourth, right? Mm. There's no way in that fourth round you're getting someone that could yeah. play round one if you've got an injury. This is a guy I would give a two-year contract to. I wouldn't give him a one-year. I'd give him a two-year. Because I think he's shown no matter what, he's always he's always played with a that urgency or that spirit or like he's not a he's not an entitled player. I don't think in anyway. A, in a, in an ideal world here, you, you you keep him for the, I'd like to see a year deal and say to Cowan we've re-signed Nick Newman on 200. You retire this guy, I'll give you that 200,000 on your contract. Yep. I'd love us to do that. I know Hawthorne talked about that a lot, about retiring players. That's mm -hmm. what I was listening to Luke Hodge and he did an interview where he said that they had a retirement player policy where they dangled the carrot in front of the kid and say, if you want an extra 200K, we've just re-signed this old fart on 200K, sack him. Yeah. Fair. That'd be great if we could do that. Cowan, you want Newman's job. He's holding he's also, your paycheck. He's also one of the few leaders who don't have the title at the club. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, yeah. all right. Paddy Dow. I can't wait to see where this one goes. So, what is the story of Paddy Dow? What does it actually look like? Well, he's a non-free agent. And right. this is going to be funny because I get the impression that someone like Austin won't hold him back. So you're going to get... I, I will guarantee you now this is a set of field deal. This will be right. like an exchange of fourths so we can... Because that that's what happened with set field. When people complain about it, if you actually understood what went on, that's actually a huge positive for the football club because we were going to delist him, which would then have been up in the air where he goes. He'd settled on Essendon. He was happy there. They'd made the promises. Like Nick Newman, we did the same thing with Sydney. They were going to delist him. They told him he could go. They did a deal for a fifth. That's what we did. I think you'll see that. I think as soon as a house comes in and says to Dow, look, we'll have him, you'll see a very shit, trade so prepare yourself for that i think it'll be a shit trade 
Yeah, I think, I mean, based off the way how he hasn't been selected this year, I think it's probably just consistent with what they said at the end of last year in that they they tried to field office for him and nothing of substance came. So, you know, they made it pretty clear that they were putting him out there on offer. So I feel like, I mean, listen, there's nine games left unless he just keeps going and breaks in and, and does something. And I, I don't know, but yeah, I think at this stage right now, it just seems like he's fighting an uphill battle, but fair play to him. The way he's, the way he's carried himself, I think you, he should be credited. You know, you know the way he's handled himself, right? If you look at how Stocker handled himself, which I, I actually thought was disgraceful towards the end, right? It was very petulant and, it would have put me off right. signing him. Paddy Dow has behaved entirely the opposite. If I was a list manager now, I'd be saying, okay, cool. He's got a few errors, but I reckon we can give him a loving home. I reckon we can get him playing his best football. I think we've got something. So if you're a Hawthorne, if you're a St. Kilda, St. Kilda is definitely different to what they've got in the mid. They can protect him and they can maybe use his weaknesses to their strengths. I, I think I could see it being a third or a fourth, to be honest. It's going to be a shit trade. Like, prepare yourself. Like, I've seen people saying, oh, he's a former pick three. He's a former pick three who's having his best game against Postman in the VFL. Behave. It, it, Carlton will be doing a shit trade for a fourth to get him a home and doing the right thing by the player. So, what if he, what, what if, what if he says, you know what? I just love Carlton and I will just continue to, play for cheap until like I want to make it work at Carlton or is it just beyond that if he said that that would say where his level of commitment is to his game he needs to go he needs to go and play man like it it, it actually upsets me because I watch him very closely and you know what he enjoys it he enjoys playing I see the smile on his face and it actually fucking that's my one thing that's annoying me with this club why are we not getting the truth Someone needs to come out and just say he's not playing because he's shit. And if that's what they think, whether I think it's true or not, just fucking put it to bed, right? Put it to bed because mm. it doesn't make sense, to be honest. It doesn't. But you know what? He'll be somewhere else next year. And you know what? The way he's handled himself, someone needs to, everyone needs to applaud him. Because yeah. I tell you what, if Paddy Dow was a dickhead, refused to play and stuff, I'd be like, fair enough. This guy puts in, man. He he, he tries, and yeah. sometimes just doesn't happen. Fair. Sam Durden. So he's kind of like that break glass in case of emergency player on the list, who happens to have horrific injury history. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you know. You know, you know, people go like left field. Like I, like some of the loudest voices on Twitter, right? Do my fucking head in because they do these soppy little hashtags and these shit takes. Like boards cooked, fucking like the worst one. Oh, they've got indigenous flags in the cheer squad. That's why we're losing. But if people just strip it back, right? Drink a cup of tea. I recommend it. Tetley's. Make sure you make it strong. Use two tea bags. And think about it logically, right? You actually see where the big fucking issues are at the Carlton Football Club, right? And here's one, right? You've got two key defenders. You suddenly lose Liam Jones. You need a backup key defender. So you go out in the mid-season draft 
of a guy that's just come back from a calf injury but missed preseason for a calf injury. So you tr- you draft in a guy with recent calf injuries to be your backup in case you have an injury in a position that is traditionally hard to... Like, that is why we're shit. That's the pre-planning. And Sam Durden, God bless him. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, do you keep him? Because at least if he is fit, you know he can play. You've delisted Marchbank in this model. So you are going to need a tall guy that can play. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because you feel like one of him or Marchbank stays? Well, I mean, when you look at the... I I could see Carlton looking and do they look left field, right? And this is something that Carlton have never done. But do you look left field in the draft and go, right, okay, um, players like Lachlan Keefe at GWS, right? 204 centimetres. Hasn't had an injury this year. Didn't have an injury last year. He's always been the backup at GWS. Do you just get him for 150k right? PSD and go, you know what? He's, he's shit house, but at least he can play and hold up an end. But right. that's the big thing. Cause like I I've red flagged a few players in the draft this year of injured and it'll worry me if we're linked with them because some of them long lines of injuries. So yeah, it does my head into like, we've got a backup. who is serially injured and he was delisted by North. For being, you guessed it, seriously injured. Injured. Okay. Oscar McDonald, bad back. And miraculously, his bad back's gone since he left Carlton. <laughs> He's playing Fuck's golf again. <laughs> All right. Sam Philp. I saw someone Still... on Twitter say, why don't we rookie this guy? Because he's fast. And I, I, I actually, I actually, honestly, I am not a violent man. And I am not angry, but I nearly punched my neighbor's cat when I heard rookie him because of speed. <laughs> it's fucking you saying Bolt doing. Yeah. He's been injured. Another one that's been subject to it. He was a bolter, wasn't he? He 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 didn't make the state team and he had a, a strong end to the year. And that's kind of why we picked him up ahead of Devin you're doing, Robinson, you're doing right? You're doing it to wipe me up, aren't you? You're doing it to wipe me up. <laughs> Stop winding me up, Terry. Fuck off. So, yes, yeah. Stephen Silvani took this guy 25 picks earlier than planned. Um, shocked everyone. Shocked me so much that he was actually on my second page in my draft. He was like well into day two. Devin Robertson there, sat there with a smile. Thompson Dow was the sat WA there. Team. Mate, Thompson Dow was sat there. Like, he's basically Paddy Dow with a right hook. Um so there was a lot of options, Sam Philp. And yes, this guy's skill set is there's two skill sets for Sam Philp. God bless him. One, he spelt Philip wrong. And uh two, he's quick. Okay. End of conversation. Fair. We move on. We've got two more. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hannah Jinx, mate, you're a man after my own heart. Like honestly, Cunners, I was against picking Cunners up. I'm glad I'm wrong, but one N missing. Go on, bro. Yep. All right. <laughs> Tom DeConing. This is going to be interesting. Trade, keep. I mean, you're not going to delist him, but um, basically in order for him to leave, we would need to facilitate a trade 
very hard to find a ruckman that can do what Tom can in this year's draft. And you've put his currency as a first. So you're saying if a club like St. Kilda, for example, or Sydney offered us a first round pick, what would you do? You're not getting two firsts, are you? No. 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 No, you're not. No. And the problem we've got, and everyone needs to be aware of this, is all the media, even the play, even the list managers, are mentioning it's large sums of money. And there's only one reason that it's large sums of money. There's the threat of the draft. Now, the threat of the draft is becoming more and more real, and you've all got sauce to thank for that. He was the first person that utilized it and really dragged it in, and that's going to be a big thing. So that is going to hinder Carlton's negotiations. Why? Now, why it will be a first? Is he worth a first? Absolutely not. On his output, he is not worth a first. You are selling it on potential, and you're backing your system in. So at the moment, the two teams that are heavily linked to Sydney uh, and Geelong with St. Kilda there because Sauce will be involved in that. Sauce will be involved in that, that that trade somewhere. He'll have a sneak. But it'll definitely be around the first. If it's St. Kilda, they'll probably offer a third and threaten us to go to PSD and that I'll be pissed off. But it's going to be an interesting one, this. A first rounder. If it's a first rounder, can you replace him? Simple answer in this draft. You will not be able to get him, get a fix for him in the first rounder at all. You you won't. There's no Ruckman in this. The only Ruckman in this draft who will play games potentially year one, right, in this draft is Ethan Reed. But head and shoulders, the best Ruckman in this draft, but he's linked to Gold Coast and there's no way Gold Coast won't match a bid, which means Gold Coast are a pretty good team to trade with because they're going to try and trick their way down. So, But it's a tough one because you would have to get a Ruckman in. You'd have to get a Ruckman in. Well, la, uh, sorry, uh, Saturday we did a show and somebody came on and asked about Sean Darcy. And we had a look. So Tom right now is 23. In three weeks, he's 24. Sean Darcy just turned 25. So he's about a year and a bit older than Tom right now. So you're saying we there's no way, you, for the most part, you're not getting a replacement in this draft for Tom DeConing if a team offered you a first-round pick and you took it. But what if you went and got a more experienced Ruckman and traded that pick to that team for that Is that really the only way you can really replace someone with Tom, someone of Tom's caliber slash potential? Because Tom's more of a still in that category, in that bracket of the future, right? But I feel like that's that gap is closing soon. We've got to start seeing output, no doubt about it. No n- mm. no doubt about it. I mean, he's he's only going to get better. It's just, this is it where Carlton will see him more so they can see the signs. Like, I, I think anyone who's watched TDK's career up until the Gold Coast game, which was impressive, would be yep. a complete liar if they think they can convince themselves for the money you're talking about, that money, he's got to be a top five Ruckman within two years. So mm. you are a liar if you've seen enough to say he's a top five Ruckman in the next two years. Absolute liar. I'm telling you now, you're either Tom DeConing himself doing the contract negotiations 
or you're a liar. So that's the thing Carlton have got. They've got Pitonet for what, three years? Four. Darcy, Sean Darcy, huge noise in WA that they've opened negotiations to re sign him. So I think Darcy's out of the question. Fremantle are bastard to do trades with genuinely for contracted players. Out of contract players, different story. The threat of the draft that Ethan's asking, players can go to the draft if they refuse to sign. So that could be the point. These non-contract free agents, we talked about Adam Saad. It's not like a restricted where there is kind of an onus to force you to sign. When you're a non-contracted free agent, Tom can say no all the time. What will happen then is he'll walk to the draft. And because they've set 800K, that will stop other clubs trading on him. So... Remember when we had Martin and all of you were like saying, oh, I'm scared North will take him, pick one. And I was saying it's impossible because in that draft, they can set a contract value. So what they'll do is they'll set a contract value that is so high, Hawthorne North Melbourne will blow their budget to do it, but they've worked it out in the back end. And it's rare that anyone gets drafted, even in the national draft, if a player indicates that they don't want to go there. So it's a threat for Carlton. But this is what you said, which I thought was very intelligent, Terry. If I am negotiating his contract now, and I'm Austin, I'm saying you are 23, 24 years old, right? You can get 800K for eight years. That'll take you to 32. Historically, in the AFL, nearly everyone who's been on that wage at a young age, aside from Buddy, has been traded within four years. The way the salary cap works, it'll do that all the time. Right. We will offer you today 500k for two years. But in two years' time, you hit your straps, you hit the English, you are a restricted free agent, so you will have the power. But we will sign a pre agreement now that we will double your money to a million. And with the contracts that are around, then Carlton can renegotiate to offset it. But this is going to be an interesting one here because Tom has power, and so do the other clubs. So in this situation here, Carlton are basically selling one thing. You've been at work with your 21 mates for the last five years. You want to keep coming? That's all we're selling. I'm I'm leaning towards keep. Because when I when I put all of it together, like what are we actually going to be able to get if we lose Tom? Realistically. I saw some people write Goldstein in the comments. Well, I'm sorry, but the idea of Goldstein and Pitto going into next year just frightens me. Well, I mean, it, let, let's just say, so Rambo, I'm not saying a million a year. I'm saying half a million. It's That's going to be what the contract is. If it's 800K, he'd be, he, Tom, Tom DeConing would be an idiot to sign for what he's already on. So it's got to be an increase. And it's estimated to be 350, 400K. So you right. guess you'd have to increase it, right? But what you could do is you could get in, you'd have to get in a, a rook now. The problem is Goldstein's been suggested. I don't mind it because at least you know he can do it. Okay. At least you know yeah. he can do it. You, you need a backup who can do it. He's rarely injured. It would help the young rooks out as well because they've got Cruiser and Goldstein, right, at training. You could then go with the second best rook in the draft, who is incidentally a TDK clone around the same pick. So you could go that route as well. But again, he's not going to be ready tomorrow. But at 800K, you can't re-sign him. 
at seven hundred k, you can't re-sign him. Six hundred, fuck. I think that's steep based on what I've seen. Because that's it's always going to be tough. We don't. This is the first time we've not had power. We're we're Essendon with Sard. We're Gold Coast with Martin. We we don't have the power. So eight hundred k, you're fucked. Well, well, okay. It's complicated, isn't it? <laughs> this is. I mean, personally, I would like to think, regardless of all this speculation, I'm just going to talk about what we know. He comes from what an eight kid family, nine kid family, ten, ten. ten kid family, right? Family are all really pleasant, nice. They spend a lot of time together. I'd imagine his values aren't money, right? Aren't money. I'd also imagine that I don't believe, unless Australia is culturally different and you are all raised, that you've got to hold hands with each other if you're family and work the same place, which I can't believe is true. I don't think that's a big thing. But Carlton have got to do two things. One, show something. But more importantly, he has to show something. Yes. Because it is about... the two. I think the two-year deal works with him. Because if he, I'm his agent, I'm recommending that. Because we can get a million for five years then, right? At the end of a two-year deal. Yeah, which works out more long-term. But at the moment, what we know for facts, uh, there's no smoke without fire. And I think there's a reason. People are all gone at this. He's not worth it. I don't think he is. But neither was Jack Martin. Wasn't worth a million, right? But the reason we did it is it priced everyone out so we could get him for cheap. Right. So that's what Sydney are doing. That's intelligent list management. Finally, someone in Australian sport has said this is a fucking competition. Right. Let's let, let, let's bully people. This is going to be tough on Nick Austin because what's he selling? Like, just take your fan head off. TDK, if he backs himself to be top five Ruckman in the league. What's he what's he signing up for? Because we can't guarantee finals, can't guarantee a flag. And no. whatever contract he signs that's over two years is Flagville, right? Is Flagville. So for me, I think short-term deal, give him the a small pay rise and say your part. But, but this would be, he would have to, have to earn it the rest of the year. Because I think you could turn this into something special. The problem is, is what you do with the rook, but fuck. But but Mason Cox, Darcy Cameron, tell you what, I don't, is T Mellow in chat because he's a Pies fan. T Mellow, would I be right in saying two, three years ago when you got Cameron and Mason Cox, people were laughing when you got rid of Grundy. So if you can get your centre bounce sorted, it's not not a big problem. But it's interesting one. This this is a tough one. This is a tough it is one. a tough one. Well, it's going to be revisited at the end of the year, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, finally, fish. I did this just to piss Terry off. So, chat, be on my side here. <laughs> He's not out yeah. of contract, so he is a trade. So, I've I flipped it into yellow, right? And because he's contracted right now to the end of next year. So the big thing here is he's contracted. So you are going to get a wee bit more cash for him. 
Now, I think he's an interesting proposition because when you look at West Coast's model, they like to stay local. And it's been a big success for them, but it's been a negative success recently because they went mental with Tim Kelly. But but this is a player that every footballer in the world coming through the draft does this job. Hmm. There are about 100 in the league, in state league right now, are Zach Fisher. I hate to say it to you, Terry, but every fucker is this. They're, they're, they're either bullish mid-forwards like Harley Reid or they're dashing little gems of players like him. They're ten a penny. You, like, literally, you fall in the barrel of draftees and they're all Zach Fisher without tattoos. I'm keeping him. You can all you can all trade him. <laughs> <laughs> You're just exposing my sentiment, mate. No, I get it. I get it, objectively speaking. But this would only be a situation for us if someone were to come and say, hey, we want Zach Fisher, right? So if the Eagles came knocking and said, hey, we want him or Frio. These... Well, I mean, I, I think this is a kind of a West Coast trade. This is West Coast. You look at their list, there's probably about seven players they'll get rid of who are over 30, okay. right, at late. And they'll probably look at him thinking low income, right, won't cost the earth, throw out a mid-second, early third, which will be technically a second. And... Cowton have got so much Arsenal. This is a really important draft. I want everyone to get their head around how the draft works. Next year's pick is a freebie, right? Because Cowton will be playing for points. Will be playing for points to get the brothers, the Camparelli brothers. So they, they're going to have that in their Arsenal next year, right? So they'll future first this. This will be a trade. They'll try and get some seconds back. So if Cowton can monopolize the seconds... If Carlton can get five picks inside the top 30, this list looks stupidly better. Because I would say you could throw a dart in the top 30 talent and they are better than anyone in our bottom 10 by a long way. Hmm. You could blanket them over. I'm just a believer. I am. A believer. I'm a believer. I love I thought, Zach Fisher as well. I thought he started showing like forget the sentiment for a minute. I thought he started showing some game winning ability last year where he kicked crucial goal goals in crucial moments. And I thought that was a turning point for him. This year it just hasn't happened for him for whatever reason. Hasn't happened for a lot of them for a number of reasons. Um but now I'm starting to not know was last year just a flash in the pan. Yeah, but I really did think he was he was starting to step into that next phase of his career in 2022. Uh, mate, he, he had glimpses. He had glimpses, but mm. like like Pete's nail it. Pete, Peter V, I love you, my brother. He's mm. right. This is Tazzy. So the teams know. True. So the teams know if you're rebuilding, if you're half on and off, you know you've got 12, 24 months to get this right. If it's not right, you're fucked. So you're going to see teams gone into a rebuild this year, like WA, 
looking for mid-age talent, knowing that in two years' time the draft is fucked. And go back and look through the drafts. GWS and Gold Coast came in. The talent pool was warped dramatically, and it's fucked some teams. We're one of them teams that got kiboshed in that because we did some bad deals around that time. And it's about being proactive now. About being proactive now. If that turns into a second and someone asks a question about Harley Reid, now I want to get this through to people, right? The best player I've ever seen come through the draft, Nick Dacos, without a question. I have never seen a more complete player. Second is Sam Walsh. Third would be this kid. Harley Reid is a talent. Problem is, Harley Reid is that problem position. If we got Harley Reid, you've just delisted nine players. It's going to cost us a lot to get him. Probably close to three very good picks. And I reckon the deal you'll see them do is a deal with either GWS or a deal with the with the Dockies. They won't take pick one. Eagles are clever. They can trade that for three picks inside 20 if they're clever. So I don't think it's highly read. The one I want you to all look at, right, who is ready-made for what we're trying to build is Nate Caddy at Northern Knights. We've got a great connection with Northern Knights. You know I love Northern Knights. We always have three every year in Northern Knights. I'm sponsored by him. Um, Nate Caddy is the boy, right? He he instantly changes us, and he's probably one of the few that is ready. What Nick Watson, Nate Caddy, Harley Reid, Jed Walter, they're ready-made footballers. Zane Dersmer as well, ready-made. But for me, Nate Caddy, he is a fit Jack Martin. That kid can do things with the football that Jack Silvani, Josh Honey, when they play there, if you told them about it, they wouldn't believe you. So I think that's a very gettable thing. And there's some sexy players, I'm telling you. Like, the draft is kicking off. Go and check it out. All the VFLs you can at the moment. All the juniors football. But some great players like Ashton Moore. Like, tell you what, it's Isaac Rankin 2.0. If you get me in and Nate Caddy, the flag is a back, baby. Oh, my God. Hell yeah. Tell you, Nick Austin, heed my words. Look, Caddy Moore in my Carlton team, flaggers, proper I just footballers. Want, I just want to set the scene right now of what we've done. First of all, thank you everybody for playing along. That was that was actually a lot of fun. But I want to set the scene right now of what we've essentially the majority have said, and if this is actually practical to do in one off season. So right now. The ones that we listed now where the majority of you said trade slash delist, there's Marchbank, Aquay, Ed Kerno, Soss, Honey, Plowman, McGovern, Dow, Durden, Philp, Zach Fisher. So that's that's 11. 11. So let's talk, let's talk practical right now. Could we really drop 11 players off this list at the end of the year and, and turn it into something magical? Like 11's... 11, I feel like you've got to do it in stages of six or seven. I feel like 11 six, is a six to eight is the average in the six AFL. to eight is the average. So yeah, 11 so you, is that, is that, I feel like it's too much to do in one off season. It's a lot, but is it a lot? Like if you think about it, is it a lot? Cause a lot okay. of them players, one, you've never heard of them. Fair. Like two, a lot of them are serially injured. So, mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's an it's going to be tough, but I mean, 
Carlton can be creative. So, like, if you watch, like, when I did it on my video, I told you that we can cheat the system. So the VFL genuinely is the biggest scam in the AFL, right? Now the AFL has taken over the VFL. It's the biggest scam because people in PSD are just picking up their VFL players. Right. So Ron and, and Carl, there's two instantly in. So okay. let's there's two instantly in. So say you get Zach Fisher out of the door and Josh Honey, you get two of them in straight away. So there's two for free, no picks needed, right? Because the AFL is the nicest league in the world. Nate Caddy, Bugs Bell, I love this. This guy ranks elite. Wait for it. You ready? With his left foot and his right. Wow. Can you imagine him at training doing kick to kick and he suddenly changes his foot? Players are going to be like, you can do that. We, what? What? How? <laughs> <laughs> what is this sorcery? Burn the witch. <laughs> so, but, but, but. From doing, I've gone quite hard on the analytics this year, so we'll do a bit more. But like, there is a lot of players in this draft who are excellent deliverers of the ball, excellent right. deliverers of the ball as well. So this is a real. The guy who wrote an article yesterday saying that he's heard it's a shit draft. I actually think he's telling the truth. It's it's not as a grade as people have talked about. But if you go back to when we talked about it last year, I said. This is the highest ceiling draft of role players, which I think is the most important thing, right? This is incredibly high with your boring vanilla ice cream players. Like, I would say outside of your top 10, they're all Nick Newman. Boring. Just get the job done type players. And what do we need? 10 we need a get the yeah. job done players. Right. Okay. So 11 is not... The reason why I feel that and think that way is because 11 changes to a list reminds me of 2015 or 16 when we were in a like a, a genuine rebuild. So that's kind of maybe I'm just a little maybe I'm getting my my numbers mixed up with back then. Um, I think it's a lot for like honestly, I'm going to be totally honest with you. The our, our list is probably the fucking least balanced in the AFL. Like, right. Like, go, go and do yourselves a favour. Look at the other teams ahead of us. So Port and Collingwood, half of their list has been taken over pick 30. Right? Wow. Their superstars are their upper echelon top 15. Cowan's entire list is top 10. And most of our good players we've bought in. Right? We've yeah. brought them in. Like We buy hype. We buy hype. We pay for hype and we pay for potential. Do you know what I mean? So that's the big thing. And at the end of the day, you've got to do what's right for it. So you've got the Camparellis coming in in two years. So that means that you've got a year to get this wing sorted, which is lucky. Ollie Hollands played high half forward and on the ball as a junior. Bins will eventually naturally progress to where Zach Fisher plays high half forward. That's right. his better role. Camparellis come in. They're brilliant. So, Carlton have already got technically two first. They will be the top 15 in the draft. I would say Luke Lucas, the batter of the two, will probably be pick three. That good. Mate, they, these are... Go, if you go on the AFL's website, they've got the SA game. They are literally... It, it's like watching the Dacos brothers 
of how they twin. You can see they know each other. It's that that synergy is very good. They're modern day wings. Modern day wings. There you go. There you go. Wow. That was fun. <laughs> I don't know about you guys at home. That was heaps of fun. <laughs> it was good fun. Well, I think we'll we'll do this again at the end of the year, clearly, with the same the same names and see what changes can be made and maybe some performances will will dictate some changes in the way that we think about it. Tom DeConing clearly is going to be a big story until he either re-signs with us or we wait until the off-season. Um, but I think that gives us a bit of an indication as you know, the two of us and also those of you playing along at home as to kind of where we see where we see the list and the potential changes upcoming with our uncontracted players. Why'd you put Zach Fisher in there? He's not even uncontracted. I know what you did. <laughs> no, the reason I did is no, I because it is because he's been heavily linked with a move yeah, away. I know. Yeah, I know. That I know. was the only reason. Yeah. Maybe Fair. to tease Harry a bit. Yeah, that's all right. I don't mind being wound up. <laughs> that's fine. Maybe what well, we can do is... We'll replace him though, who's basically the injured version of Zach Fisher. Yeah. We will obviously be doing a lot more of this, guys, when it comes to trade and draft time. But let's just keep the focus on finals football for now. Let's still get something out of this year. But clearly, we need to plan for the future. And that's what a good list manager does. Yeah, and I'm just going to... Worst case, Camparelli's 2024, five. Uh, 2024, there you are. Get on that train. <laughs> Great white up. You heard it here first, 26th of the 6th. Pom said they're like the Dacos brothers. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll be the end of that. We'll talk briefly about Sunday. We've got a game at the oh, MCG. Shit, yeah. yeah, we do. We play the Hawks. Curious, those of you still watching, are you going to the game on Sunday or have you jumped off? I'm curious. I don't know if the Gold Coast, because we had 29,000 at the Gold Coast game, which I love to see as a statement, by the way. And I wasn't sure if that was people just pissed off and jumping off and saying, fuck it, I'm done for the year. Or if, like, I don't know what it was. So if you're, if you're watching at home, are you going on Sunday? Are you going to be there? There's a couple watching from home. Pommy, you'll be here. Watch along. Mate, 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 I, I ain't going fucking anywhere, mate. Yeah, mate, <laughs> mate, <laughs> mate, mate I, I'll cheer these boys until the job's done. I'll tell you, win, lose, or draw, I'll be singing away. And you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I, um, I'm like you. I'm just going for Connors. I'm just all about Connors now. It's the little things. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back to regular programming this week. That's for sure. So, uh, firstly, tomorrow, the jumper punch. Stand by. I've got a little preview for you all. With, with the lads. It's just loading. I have to upload lads. it. I downloaded it, but I forgot to upload it into the stream. So jump a punch tomorrow, 7 p.m. Wednesday is the rest, the besties. The preview will come out at some point there as well. Friday teams, 5 p.m. 
So obviously we're going to have extended teams announced, an extended bench announced on Thursday. Then Friday, Pommy and Leck Dog will be here for the teams. BA Saturdays will go ahead this Saturday. I, I really enjoyed that. We'll be there for a little, I'm thinking Pommy, like a little, like a little cheeky 10, 10 30, 11 type situation. Uh, yeah, let's, but I, I've, I, I enjoy morning streams with Terry. Yes. So that'll be this week. And then obviously Sunday, the watch along and then the fan cams. Uh, so look, regular programming for the next nine weeks. Let's have a look at the promo for tomorrow night. Hi, Des English here, former Carlton player from the uh, earlier start. <laughs> That's all right. Start again. <laughs> Hi, Des English here, Carlton Premiership player from the early 80s. Hoping you all watch the Jumper Punch on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. Go Blues. There's English. There you go. I, I, I hear that the uh, show is the most Italian show ever as well. Yes. Yes. So the Almost Blues Brothers are joining the boys on the couch. So, Jewel, uh, sorry, <laughs> the Almost Blues Brothers minus Jewel. So Dan and Joe sit with Paul and Rocco on the couch tomorrow. That's a lot of Italians on a couch. That's a lot of Italians. Hey, it's fucking it's just all over the place, isn't it? Hey, tell you what, there's Italians, hey, Pommy, Greeks, mate. It's all happening. It's all happening. <laughs> no, Pommy, it's good to be back. Good to have you back. And um, big week ahead, mate. Seasons hanging on by a thread, but we'll be here. Win, lose, or draw. Always, mate. Always in it together, Terry. All right, guys. Have a good one. Go Blues. Go Blues. Come on. Go Blues.